Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Hello, this is the Chorus Call Conference Operator. Thank you for standing by. Welcome to Boston Pizza's third quarter conference call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded on November 11th, 2021. After the presentation, there will be a question and answer session. Participants on the call may also pose their questions via email to Boston Pizza's Investor Relations Department at investorrelations at bostonpizza.com. Should anyone need assistance during the conference call, they may signal an operator by pressing star and zero on their telephone. At this time, I would like to turn the conference over to Michael Harbinson, Chief Financial Officer. Please go ahead. Thank you and welcome to the call, everyone. Today, we'll be discussing the 2021 third quarter results for both Boston Pizza Royalties Income Fund or the fund and for Boston Pizza International, or BPI. For complete details on our financial results, please see our third quarter materials filed earlier today on CDAR, or visit the fund's website at bpincomefund.com. Should you require additional information after the call, you can reach us via the investor relations phone number listed in our press release. The fund is a limited purpose, open-ended trust established under the laws of British Columbia to acquire indirectly certain trademarks and trade names used by BPI and its Boston Pizza restaurants in Canada. BPI pays royalty and distribution income to the fund based on franchise revenues of royalty pool restaurants. For a complete description of the fund and its business, please see the annual information form dated February 9, 2021, which was filed on CDAR.com. Before I turn the call over to Jordan Holm, President of BPI, I would like to note that certain information in the following discussion may constitute forward-looking information. For a more complete definition of forward-looking information and associated risks, please refer to the fund's management discussion and analysis issued earlier today. Forward-looking information is provided as of the date of this call and as accepted as required by law, we assume no obligation to update or revise forward-looking information to reflect new events or circumstances. And with that, I will now turn the call over to Jordan. Thank you, Michael, and welcome everyone to Boston Pizza's third quarter investor conference call. Today, I'll be discussing our results for the quarter ended September 30th, 2021, and also share a brief outlook. Michael will summarize our key financial highlights. And as usual, we'll leave time at the end of today's call for your questions. The third quarter generated our strongest sales results since the start of the pandemic. In fact, sales were near pre-pandemic levels for the first time despite COVID-19 continuing to pose significant challenges to our Boston pizza system. Low COVID case counts during the first part of the quarter allowed government authorities to ease operating restrictions in all provinces. The easing of restrictions led to an increase in our on-premise business in the quarter. At the start of the third quarter, approximately 380 or 98% of all Boston pizza restaurants were open for on-premise dining as well as takeout and delivery. However, by the end of the quarter, most regions of Canada had implemented vaccination passports, which require guests to show proof of vaccination for on-premise dining. To date, 
These vaccination passports have resulted in a decrease in customer traffic at our restaurants. Although vaccine passports may enable on-premise dining to remain available, the full impact of vaccine passports on our future sales remains to be seen. Turning to our financial results, the fund posted franchise sales from restaurants in the royalty pool of $213 million for the quarter and $476.9 million year-to-date, representing increases of 14.9% and 2.2% respectively versus the same periods one year ago. Same restaurant sales on a franchise sales basis was positive 15.1% for the quarter and positive 3.1% year-to-date. Positive results for the quarter and year-to-date were principally due to increases in guest traffic from the easing of government restrictions, along with increased takeout and delivery sales. We are pleased that these sales results have supported an increase in the fund's distribution rate, which Michael will elaborate on further later in the call. COVID-19 first began to adversely affect Boston Pizza restaurants in March of 2020. As a result, the fund believes it's useful to report additional sales metrics that compare sales in 2021 to sales in 2019. Comparing to 2019 results allows investors to gauge Boston Pizza's current sales levels against sales levels on a pre-pandemic basis. If SRS on a franchise sales basis were calculated by comparing to the same period in 2019, SRS would be negative 1.5% for the quarter and negative 24.7% year to date. SRS for October, the month of October 2021, was approximately positive 8% when compared to the same period in 2020 and approximately negative 15% when compared to the same period in 2019. Total franchise sales and the resulting royalty and distribution income for October 2021 were approximately 109% of the level they were in October of 2020 and approximately 88% of the level they were in October of 2019. While we've been pleased with our ability to mitigate our sales declines throughout the pandemic, we do expect that COVID-19 will continue to have a negative impact on our restaurants. However, we anticipate that sales levels for the second half of 2021 will be favorable compared to the first half of this year. From a marketing standpoint, Boston Pizza began the third quarter of 2021 with our summer patio promotion, which included our patio retraining campaign and a new summer feature menu, both of which were exceptionally well received by our guests. In August, we kicked off our popular BP Kids Cards promotion. This promotion is always a favorite for families where a $5 donation to the Boston Pizza Foundation, uh, they receive a five a card for five free kids meals at Boston Pizza. We raised over $700,000 and donated that to our national charity partners uh, through the Boston Pizza Foundation. We ended the quarter by introducing our fall feature menu, which featured three new pizzas, all created by staff members in our restaurants across the country, uh, and some new uh, menu favorites from the past, our BP classics. Turning to restaurant development, Boston Pizza opened no new restaurants during the quarter or year to date. Boston Pizza closed no restaurants in the third quarter and has closed two restaurants year to date. Subsequent to the quarter, Boston Pizza closed one restaurant. BPI continues to focus on the safety of our guests and our restaurant staff, serving our communities with takeout and delivery and on-premise dining as permitted, 
and helping our franchisees to effectively manage through the next phase of the pandemic. I'll now pass it to Michael for a review of the fund's financial performance. Michael. Thank you, Jordan. The fund posted royalty income of eight and a half million for the quarter and 19.1 million year to date compared to 7.4 million and 18.7 million respectively for the same periods one year ago. The fund posted distribution income of 2.8 million for the quarter and 6.3 million year to date compared to 2.5 million and 6.2 million respectively for the same periods one year ago. Royalty and distribution income for the quarter were based on 387 Boston Pizza restaurants in the royalty pool that reported franchise sales of 213 million for the quarter and 476.9 million year to date. For the same period in 2020, royalty and distribution income were based on royalty pool restaurants of 395, reporting franchise sales of 185.4 million and 466.6 million respectively. The fund's net and comprehensive income was 5.4 million for the quarter, compared to net and comprehensive loss of 0.7 million for the third quarter of 2020. The 6.1 million increase in the fund's net and comprehensive income for the quarter, compared to the third quarter of 2020, was primarily due to a $5.5 million decrease in fair value loss, higher royalty and distribution income of 1.5 million, partially offset by higher interest expense on Class B units of half a million, and higher income tax expense of 0.4 million. The fund's net and comprehensive income was 24.8 million year to date compared to net and comprehensive loss of 10 million year to date in 2020. The 34.8 million increase in the fund's net and comprehensive income year to date compared to the same period in 2020 was primarily due to a $35.6 million increase in fair value gain and higher royalty and distribution income of 0.6 million partially offset by higher interest expense on Class B units of 0.8 million and higher interest expense on long-term debt of half a million, or excuse me, of 0.5 million. While net and comprehensive income or loss is a measurement of the fund's earnings under International Financial Reporting Standards, or IFRS, the fund is of the view that net income or loss does not provide the most meaningful measurement of the fund's ability to pay distributions because the calculation of net income contains non-cash items that do not, that do not affect the fund's cash flow. Non-cash items include the fair value adjustment on the investment in Boston Pizza Canada Limited Partnership, the Class B unit liability, interest rate swaps, and changes in deferred income taxes. Consequently, the fund reports the non-IFRS metrics of distributable cash and payout ratio to provide investors with, in the fund's opinion, more meaningful information regarding the fund's ability to pay distribution to unit holders. The fund generated distributable cash of 6.7 million for the quarter compared to 5.5 million for the third quarter of 2020. The increase in distributable cash of 1.2 million or 22.5% was primarily due to an increase in cash flow generated from operating activities of 3.4 million, partially offset by an adjustment to SIF tax on units of 1.1 million and a contractually required debt repayment of 1 million for which there is no comparable repayment in the third quarter of 2020. The fund generated distributable cash of 14.4 million year to date compared to 10.9 million year to date in 2020. The increase in distributable cash of 3.5 million or 31.7% was primarily due to an increase in cash flow generated from operating activities of 7 million and an adjustment to SIF tax on units of 0.4 million, partially offset by contractually required debt repayments 
of 3.1 million, for which there are no comparable repayments in 2020, uh, and an increase on interest paid on long-term debt of 0.6 million, and increased entitlement for BPI's Class B units of 0.2 million. The fund generated distributable cash per unit of 31 cents for the quarter, compared to 25.3 cents per unit for the third quarter of 2020. The increase in distributable cash per unit of 5.7 cents, or 22.5%, was primarily attributable to the increase in distributable cash as just explained. The fund generated distributable cash per unit of 66.8 cents year-to-date, compared to 50.6 cents per unit year-to-date in 2020. The increase in distributable cash per unit of 16.2 cents, or 32%, was primarily due to the increase in distributable cash outlined above and fewer units outstanding compared to the same period in 2020 due to the fund's normal course issue a bid that was active from February 19, 2020 to February 18, 2021. The fund's payout ratio for the quarter was 62.9% compared to 0% in the third quarter of 2020. The increase in the fund's payout ratio for the quarter was due to distributions paid of 4.2 million with no distributions paid during the third quarter of 2020 and distributable cash increasing by 1.2 million or 22.5%. The fund's payout ratio year to date was 117.6% compared to 63.5% year to date in 2020. The increase in the fund's payout ratio year to date was due to distributions paid increasing by 10 million or 144%, partially offset by distributable cash increasing by 3.5 million or 31.7%. The payout ratio is calculated by dividing the amount of distributions paid during the applicable period by the distributable cash for that period. Accordingly, the payout ratio year-to-date factors in the 20 cent special distribution that was paid on January 29, 2021, even though the cash generated to fund the special distribution was generated during fiscal 2020. If the special distribution was excluded, excluded in the calculation of the payout ratio on a year-to-date basis, that payout ratio would be 87.6%. The fund's payout ratio typically <clears throat> is higher in the first and fourth quarters compared to the second and third quarters, since Boston Pizza restaurants generally experience higher franchise sales levels during the summer months when restaurants open their patios and benefit from increased tourist traffic. On a trailing 12-month basis, the fund's payout ratio was 106.8%, as at September 30th, 2021. The effects of COVID-19 may materially affect the fund's payout ratio in the future. On October 8th, 2021, the trustees of the fund announced an increase to the monthly distribution rate and declared a distribution of 8.5 cents per unit beginning with the September 2021 distribution that was paid in October of 2021. This represents an increase of 2 cents per unit or 30.8% from the previous monthly rate of 6.5 cents per unit. On an annualized basis, the new monthly distribution rate equates to $1.02 per unit compared to $0.78 per unit at the previous monthly distribution rate. On the November 10, 2021, uh, the trustees of the fund approved a cash distribution to unit holders of 8.5 cents per unit in respect to the period from October 1, 2021 to October 31, 2021. This monthly distribution will be payable on November 30th, 2021 to unit holders of record at the close of business on November 21st, 2021. The trustees' objective in setting a monthly distribution amount is that it be sustainable. The trustees will continue to closely monitor the fund's available cash balances given the continued volatility and economic uncertainty caused by COVID-19. 
While COVID-19 persists, the trustees expect that the franchise sales and same restaurant sales and the resulting royalty and distribution income, along with, with distributable cash, will all um, continue to be adversely affected. And with that, I will turn the call back over to Jordan for more on the outlook. Jordan. Thank you, Michael. We continue to be pleased with the efforts of our team and the franchisees during these challenging times. Awesome Pizza began its fourth quarter with significant national media presence for the 2021 NHL hockey season which invites our guests to enjoy Boston Pizza um, menu items in our restaurants or in their home. We've also launched a new fall feature menu and brought back our successful Call the Shot promotion in the fourth quarter of this year. Under our Call the Shot promotion, customers who order a pizza flight or Molson Canadian product are eligible for a chance to win great prizes by predicting the outcome of NHL hockey games. With respect to our outlook, BPI's management continues to monitor the evolving COVID-19 situation and modify the operating procedures of Boston Pizza restaurants to ensure the safety of our guests and our staff. Our current outlook remains cautious as we anticipate COVID-19 will continue to have a negative impact on the business of Boston Pizza restaurants during the remainder of this year. Our goal is to responsibly and safely operate the dining rooms, sports bars, and patios of Boston Pizza restaurants across Canada, and of course, continue to offer takeout and delivery in all regions. We continue to adapt our plans to responsibly address the challenges and opportunities presented by COVID-19. With that, I'd like to turn it back to the operator to begin the question and answer session. Operator. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. Anyone who wishes to ask a question may press star then one on their touchtone phone or send the question via email to investorrelations at bostonpizza.com. Please note those questions that we do not get to during the call will be answered via email immediately following the end of the investor conference call. The first question is from Nick Corcoran from Acumen Capital. Please go ahead. Good morning and thanks for taking my questions. Good morning, Nick. Nick. Um, can you maybe talk about the uh, the trend in system sales that you saw through October and whether it was uh, flat for the entire month or improving? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, Nick, maybe I'll, I'll start off and then turn it over to Michael on this one. So, um, you know, as um, provinces introduced um, uh, vaccination passports for guests visiting uh, on-premise occasions in, in restaurants, 
full-service restaurants across the country uh, starting September 1st with uh, Quebec and closely followed by Manitoba, BC, Ontario, and now right across the country. We did see an initial, um, you know, I think a significant pullback in guest traffic uh, on-premise. Uh, there was some confusion on implementation and rules, um, and, but we did see that settle somewhat, that um, people understood the rules and uh, the whether it's the QR codes or uh, the different uh, approaches that uh, the provinces have to uh, um, verify vaccination status on premise before entering an establishment became understood and, and we saw that recover. So maybe I'll then turn it over to Michael to talk specifically to your question about the October trend. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jordan. So uh, just to re refresh the kind of broader listening group here. So total franchise sales for October compared back to 2019, which is our pre-pandemic and a benchmark, uh, total sales were down about 12% in October. And as Jordan said, in the first half of the month, it, um, it was down to a greater degree, just as uh, everyone adjusted to the vaccine passports and, and the other factors. But then in the second half of the um, uh, period, it started to uh, even out. And then can you uh, maybe expand on uh, whether you're seeing any challenges from uh, labor and uh, supply chain issues? Yeah, uh, well, uh, certainly in the summertime when you, you saw the, um, the results for the third quarter being driven primarily by July and August results, um, tailing off a little bit in September as we um, experienced again those uh, vaccination um, passport restrictions um, and in July and August when we were doing uh, sales levels in some weeks above the pre-pandemic 2019 levels um, absolutely um, you know standing back up a restaurant industry that has been in lockdown in some provinces longer than anywhere else in the world um, was a significant challenge on both of the things that you mentioned labor uh, would be number one um, a number of people who were working in our industry uh, have had their shifts cut back or have been uh, laid off from, from restaurants that have had to downsize throughout the pandemic. So we've had people exit um, the restaurant sector and, and finding labor has been a huge challenge. I'm sure everyone who follows uh, uh, the economy has, has heard the stories of labor shortage and we're no, no different. We've certainly put a lot of effort along with our franchisees to address getting proper staff making sure we can uh, service people properly and, and at times of high sales volumes, that was a challenge through the summer supply chain as well. And again, that's been all over the news. Everybody knows it's a global disruption as the whole global economy is trying to uh, ramp back up in a lot of ways for things that were uh, restricted during COVID. So uh, we did have some, uh, some product pressures and, and supply chain, uh, nothing, widespread or overwhelming, but there were definitely some scrambles to make sure that uh, regional distribution centers had uh, product available to make sure in those high demand periods of the summer in particular um, that we had everything that we needed to operate. So yeah, those are definitely the two hot items when, when sales are, are really high. Um, obviously, when we pulled back a little bit on uh, sales levels in September and October, um, there's some easing of that, but um, labor was a shortage for our industry coming into this. All of hospitality has a shortage of available um, 
to workers, uh, whether it's hotels or travel or restaurants, and uh, that'll continue to be an area that we need to focus on uh, as an organization and an industry. And with a tight labor market, did you have to restrict hours or potentially capacity um, just because you didn't, your restaurants might not have had the uh, the labor to keep them open for longer or have more seats? Yeah, Nick, it, it would be very location specific. So uh, we did have um, a few locations that uh, had to uh, restrict their hours or perhaps even close for one day of the week to give their staff a rest. Um, and, and that's very difficult for us to see because we've worked so hard to be able to open and our guests uh, came back in full force. And so to have to restrict hours or to close certain days of the week is not where we want to be. Um, but it was driven by labor considerations. And uh, uh, like I said, it's eased a, a little bit in the fall. I think we're, you know, people have returned to some of the past practices recreationally and and, uh, and professionally that they were doing pre-pandemic. And so um, that has helped bring in more applicants and, and raise our, our labor levels. But like I said, it's been a it's been a challenge in this industry for a while and, and will continue to be. So it is a still a major focus for us. Great. And then have you uh, put through any uh, price increases? So we, we haven't yet. I mean, we there are different ways of, of um, addressing menu pricing. So uh, we have done less discounting, I will say, um, uh, just, um, you know, it's it's a um, less necessary uh, over the last few months because the um, you know the, the consumer demand has been pent up for quite some time, and so um, people were maybe more motivated by availability and um, you know ability to indulge and socialize and, and get out there more than you know a price motivated um, visit. Uh, so less discounting um, and, you know, our feature menus probably had uh, a little bit of uh, price consideration put into them as we rolled out both the summer and the fall feature menus. And next week we have a new national menu rolling out as well as a new and um, a refreshed uh, fall feature menu. And we'll um, uh, address menu pricing in both of those um, pieces as well. So it's not all done all at once. Um, but we do obviously need to look at the rising costs in our restaurants, uh, whether it's um, supplies or whether it's labor, um, and find a way to balance that with what the guests see from a price perspective. So uh, we haven't um, taken a lot of price at this point, uh, but it is something that we will continue to uh, look at and then balance between um, what our costs are and then how we can um, uh, adjust prices accordingly. And how have uh, takeout and delivery volumes been uh, through the summer? And maybe you can elaborate on the trend you've seen there. Michael, do you want to take that one? Yeah, so takeout and delivery volumes have continued to be relatively strong, and we would kind of judge that in comparison to 2019 levels. Um, and some of that, I think, is driven by just a natural shift in consumer uh, spending because of COVID, and some of that I think is uh, to the credit of just um, 
our own internal team and being able to pivot uh, the business towards more kind of takeout and delivery. So, um, yeah, I think it's uh, that, that part of the business certainly is a good news story in the sense of, um, you know, through COVID, we've adapted to the times. And then, you know, once COVID, I think, is behind us, there should be some good positive lasting impacts from all the work that's been happening. And can you remind me what takeout and delivery was pre-pandemic and, uh, and where it might be tracking now? Yeah, so pre-pandemic, uh, takeout and delivery represented 18% uh, uh, of our total business, um, you know, on a pre-pandemic basis, and uh, and uh, we're continuing to kind of overperform that. And last question for me, how is the pipeline for new franchises, and uh, maybe you can elaborate on that, the outlook there? So I did mention um, during the the recall that um, we did have no new openings or have had no new openings year to date. Um, we have had some uh, resales, so some existing locations have changed hands. We continue to see um, new franchisees coming into the system on a resale uh, opportunity. Um, we do expect that there will be um, a return to um, you know, new locations in the years ahead and we're planning for that in, in 2022 just looking for obviously that match between um, a franchisee in a region and the right location that would support our business model so um, we've uh, obviously taken a, a pause here while we get through the COVID period and I think that's appropriate um, but we would we will we do intend and we have sites identified and franchisees uh, in the pipeline that will be looking to open new locations, whether it's in 2022 or beyond. Thanks, that's all for me. Thank you, Dick. There are no further questions at this time. Okay, thank you. Um, so as there are no further questions, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen in. We look forward to safely welcoming back more of our guests into our restaurants. Please continue to stay safe and healthy, and we look forward to speaking with you all again at our fourth quarter conference call in February 2022. Thank you, everyone. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating, and have a pleasant day. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.